0: Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm
1: your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk about the importance of the optimal MarTech stack. Joining us is Nicholas Dorn, who is the CEO of Filestage, which is a content review and approval platform for marketing teams. And in addition to being our guest today, Filestage is also a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. So we're grateful for their support. And today, Nicholas and I are going to discuss how to grow a SaaS startup. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Nicholas Dorn, the CEO of Filestage. Nicholas, welcome to the Martech podcast.
2: Yeah, hello, and thanks for your invitation.
1: Of course, excited to have you here, not only as our speaker today, but also greatly appreciate Filestage's support of the Martech. You're one of our newest sponsors, and you're actually one of our first sponsors for the new version of our sponsorship program. So you're an innovator in my book. Thank you for your support and for being my guest.
2: Jackpot. <laughs> nice. Sounds good. And then thanks again, like for the opportunity.
1: Nicholas, I want to get into a little bit about your background and a little bit of some of your experience. Specifically, you've grown Filestage. You're the CEO. Were you the co-founder as well?
2: Yes, I'm a co-founder as well.
1: So you've been with the company since day one and you've gone from ideation all the way to running a remote team that is an industry leader in the approval process for marketing teams. And before we get into why the approval process is important, look, you know, even though you're a sponsor of the MarTech podcast, we want to hear not only about products and services, but we're going to start off with a little bit about your background. You have done something that many have tried and few have succeeded with, which is grow a SaaS startup. We feel like there's SaaS startups popping up all over the place, but they also die almost as quickly as they start. Talk to me a little bit about your experience and what do you think it takes to grow a SaaS startup?
2: As you mentioned, I think there are many startups out there that really start and and try something. And I think you only see the great examples in the news and you forgot about all the other startups out there. So for us, basically everything started in 2014. We started Fisage right after doing our masters in the university. And then just the three founders, basically lots of ideas and motivation, but not really any money. So we lived from back then $400 a month or something, but it was also great motivation to start a company and, and act quickly. And we managed luckily to find business angels real quick to support us and start basically the company.
1: So you had some support from day one, but obviously meager beginnings. You were used to being a starving student, so it probably felt like a lot of money having $400 a month. Yeah. But talk to me about the ideation process. Why did you decide to go into not only creating a company, but creating a technology company and one specifically for marketers?
2: I think it all started with my, my co-founder. who used to work in the film and advertising industry before his master's. And one big issue that he always had, he loved to produce video content really like it was his passion. But once you produce the stuff, you need to review and approve it with your clients. And then typically he started to have all those issues. So it's not just, hey, you produce a video and you share it and you get feedback and it's approved. No, typically for one minute of video projects, you have around what 150 emails back and forth. And he was so annoyed by that that he said, Okay, it can't be like that. There needs to be a software solution. So he started to search for stuff, but couldn't find anything. And then basically we met and I know the problem basically from the marketing field. So in marketing, you work with multiple agencies, you work with partners, you work with different departments. And at the end, you all have to review and approve lots of different content from process, websites, videos, everything. And back then it was a nightmare. It was really just like email ping pong, spreadsheets. If you're well-organized, you work with spreadsheets, but nothing else. So we started to dig and then do some research. And one of the first things we have done back then is to just start with interviews. So we talked to 30, 40 marketers, film producers, advertisers, basically, that we knew in the network and just asked them, how do you work? How do you communicate? How do you share your content with different people? And from that, we learned that they all pretty much have the same problem as we had with content sharing and, and reviews and approvals. And from there, we said, okay, it seems to be like a pain. So we started to produce like the first ideas for five stage, basically mock-ups. And then we came back to all the people we interviewed and showed them the mock-ups and say, hey, this is how we reimagined the product. Do you like it? And from there, basically, after five to 10 more interviews, people said, okay, it's really something I want to have. When can I start to try it? When is it ready? And then we knew, okay, this is something and we need to build it. Now, how can we build it without developers? So I think it's pretty much the first issue, every SaaS startup has, trying to find the right people and building it. But yeah, this is how we started.
1: It's funny to think back to when you launched 2014, and I'm scanning over a ZNet article about what were the biggest tech news in 2014. It's when the iPhone 6 launched. I think we're up to 13 now. The Apple Watch was launched. Microsoft named its current CEO. back then it was its new CEO, taking over for Steve Ballmer. The world was a different place and we didn't have the type of on-demand technology. We didn't have the same computing speed that we had. You know, mobile phones were a thing, but we were like early social networking days. What was the difference between the technology landscape when you started your startup now and how did it evolve to the point where we are today?
2: I think back then it just started to become really popular to use software in your browser and not have everything local installed on your computer. I think it was also kind of that time. And also the biggest changes back then that helped us were like, there was more technology available to stream videos in the browser without any performance issues. So one of the first things we picked up was basically, how can you share video in the browser and how can you make sure somebody else is having a good experience watching your video? Even that was not normal at the time. And then we added like layers to add feedback to content on top of your video and take a pencil and write into your content there. And that was the first thing we've picked up.
1: So the technology landscape was a little different and you had some innovation at the time. Talk to me about finding product market fit, right? You had a pain point that one of your co-founders had recognized, and so you assume that there was pain point that other people were having. When you are working at an early stage software company, part of the problem is building your initial MVP, and then part of the problem is finding your customers, your targeting, and figure out if you can actually scale the business. When you were thinking about your first marketing efforts and you realized what the pain point was, how did you go and find who had that pain point?
2: The main advantage is really that my co-founder had the experience from his previous jobs in terms of he experienced the pain himself and that helped a lot. And then from there, I think, okay, this is it. And it, it seems like a really good target audience. They all want something like stage and they don't have a solution in place. And let's say it was easy to find the first customers for Stage. And one of the main, main channels we used besides like pure outbound, really like creating large, large calling lists and just call people and email people back then. All the film production firms in Germany, I think we just created the lists ourselves. What worked pretty well in 2015 still was Facebook groups. So we just went into all kinds of Facebook groups. And instead of just selling our solution in terms of, hey, this is your problem, this is our solution, buy it. We went in and asked for feedback, and that's something we still do as a company. So we still consider FiveStage as a feedback company. So we constantly learn from our customers. And that's something we have done in Facebook as well. So I just asked a question and say, hey, this is the problem I experienced. Do you experience the same problem? Here's a beta. Do you like to give us feedback on our new solution here? And that resonated in a lot of signups within a short time frame. And from there, basically we built kind of a small film production community around this. And this was the starting point as a company. And then with more customers coming, more users coming, we added more functionality naturally by following feature requests and by asking more questions and by just talking to our customers regularly. And that was, I think, one of the key learnings to really be in touch with the customers early on here.
1: A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know. So what I'm hearing from you is that you found your ideal customer profile, and part of the way that you were able to do that is you had someone in your organization who had worked in a role, isolated a pain point, you created a solution, and then your marketing channel was basically a three-pronged approach. You started off by identifying and list building all of the potential prospects that you had. You're doing cold outreach to reach out to them directly, email, phone calls, 2014 were a little bit of the wild, wild west, pre-GDPR, CCPA, it was a little easier to find and use people's contact information readily. Now, maybe not so much. But you also went into a content strategy, or let's call it a community strategy, where you engage your customers in communities that already existed, asking them for feedback as opposed to directly selling. How has your marketing strategy as your company has grown, evolved from those early days of cold outreach, community feedback as a, we're a new product, try our beta, into what we're established, we're a market leader? What have you done differently as you've scaled?
2: One of the first story to tell, (laughs) that was really funny. So when we were managing the first community and when we had the first couple of users, basically, and they tried it and there was a beta going on, we came to a point where we said, okay, now we need to bring the proof point that people are also willing to pay for the solution, right? But at the same time, we never had enough developers in place to develop like a payment system or implement something like Stripe. I think that was still pretty early there. So what we did is I knew all the people that were using us. So I just called them and say, hey, the beta will end in a month. Do you like to buy it? And then we just started with manually invoicing people. And it was more like on a trust base and it really worked. And we're like, oh, wow, nice. Okay. People seem to pay for it. So it seems like we're producing some value for them.
1: So this gets into the SaaS component as well, is that when you're working with a SaaS product and you're helping someone isolate a specific pain point and solve for it, you can do that at scale. Talk to me a little bit about not only, hey, where were you able to find some early stage customers, they found value out of it. But how did you think about scaling that process? Because it's not like you have to directly sell, right? You can hire a sales team and manage one-on-one relationships like you mentioned you were doing in the early days, but that's the beauty of SaaS is it can grow exponentially. You can replace the same product without having to bring in additional overhead and labor. How did you think about scaling the SaaS component and who your customer base was?
2: So based on that, on the one side, we learned constantly, okay, film production firms, freelancers are are a nice group. But then we started to do market research and understood, okay, the entire market size for for this group is, is just not big enough. And also in terms of what they are going to pay, we'll never build a stable company. So we started to see, okay, what else can we do? And at the same time, we are able to win some early agency customers, some agencies, I think, that really try to be innovative. And from them, we learned again, okay, hey, if you add more components to your software, not just video, but maybe if you add PDF or image or audio files to review and approve podcasts, then we want to use you. So we started to say, okay, that's definitely something we can build. So we started to implement more functionality based on, let's say, a different segment in the market. And with that, we started also to do more advertising and marketing for this group. So we went from calling people, sending out emails, basically more into building content for this target group. And over the years, we really built a big blog that really resonated and then worked well. So we did all kind of content, things like building templates for marketeers, building large, large listicles, something like the 250 best free templates for filmmakers, stuff like that. And that worked really well. And then we started to go into guest posting mode. So we connected with all the big blogs out there and managed to get guest posts for 5Stage. And this was also something that helped us to build awareness for what we were doing and then build even more community. And with that, we were able to build our own blog by the end and have a newsletter and really like have constant inbound traffic or had constant inbound traffic for 5Stage. And that was one of the first and biggest marketing levers that we have built.
1: This is always the big debate specifically for SaaS startups. I've got a little bit of budget. I've got an MVP. I think we're going to find product market fit. Should I go and advertise? Should I go and spend my money to buy my first set of users so I have a signal so I can hope to get some sort of virality, start to get referrals and build organic growth over time? Or do I focus on building content, which gets inherently more valuable over time, but it tends to be slow to mature? Now, you started out with a community approach. you were leveraging your personal network, and you decided to go content first before advertising. Talk to me about why you made that decision and, and where does performance marketing come into your strategy now?
2: It was definitely a factor that we were like a bootstrap company. So yes, we had business angels early on, but it was never enough money. So we could not really afford to spend a lot on advertising.
1: It's never enough money.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But compared to today, yeah, there was absolutely no budget. So we started to say, okay, I personally have a background in media, so I know how to produce media stuff and things. So let's try this out. Very lean. And we have seen positive effects coming from this early on. So we could really measure that it works. Even we were pretty early with our blog and everything. So we have immediately seen good stuff coming from that channel. But then on the other side, and that was the interesting thing, we managed to get the first real funding in 2016, was still like a small, small seed funding. And with that money, we spent round about 100k on Facebook advertising and said, okay, this is really it. And I think we spend it and we're able to pull a lot of users into our application but this is one of the biggest fails or fuckups, I would say personally, is we did not manage to control the traffic and control the quality we were able to win via Facebook. So we had lots of users coming into our application, conversions were good, but then basically nobody converted into a paying customer, nobody converted to become a really active customer. So we just pushed the wrong metrics for a long time and then lost a lot of money in this direction. Whereas with the other channels, we were quite successful. And I think this is also something because we were not really experienced in in paid advertising at the time, then had more understanding of how content works and media works.
1: It's one of the beauties and one of the risks of working in a SaaS company is that you're TAM, your totally addressable market, can be relatively large. You can scale your product and your user base because it's a technology-based product. It is a software as a service. And so in theory, you could reach a lot of people relatively quickly. That's why the investment community loves SaaS businesses. You see this with the valuations of some SaaS companies. They can be huge relative to service businesses, relative to e-commerce businesses as well. That's also a curse you can focus on the wrong audience. You could focus on people that are not inherently going to be your buyers. And that always can be a challenge of specifically when you're doing performance marketing, are you targeting the right people? And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Nicholas Dorn, the CEO of FileStage. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Nicholas and I are going to talk about the optimal MarTech stack. If you can't wait till our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Nicholas, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Nicholas underscore Dorn. That's N-I-K-L-A-S underscore D-O-R-N. Or you can visit his website, which is filestage.io. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests.